The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. It's at 2.35. Thanks for joining us on this, the Monday edition of the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. Nice to be back in the studio. We were on location mm-hmm. for a couple of days last week at the Grey Cup Festival. Uh, Friday, uh, we made uh, way for the Oilers. That's right. Uh, so here we are, back at it. I felt like I had uh, two Fridays. It was nice. It was like a four-day weekend because I, I got up, I watched the Oilers game, and then I went to sleep again. And then I woke up. And then I went out mm-hmm. with my son. So it was like uh, two different. I love, I actually quite enjoy afternoon games. I quite enjoy afternoon naps. Well, well that was the other well. thing. The one thing, uh, just a couple of other things uh, on the, on that front, and you talked about getting an Uber to get home from the game. Mm-hmm. We were getting an Uber to get home from downtown on Friday afternoon. So after after that luncheon, which wrapped up at 2, I had a hair appointment. All the kids met and went and had uh, some food and drinks. Um, and then... The youngest met me back at the hair salon. Uh, within ten minutes, the surge pricing. If you ever watching the oh, surge pricing, I meant to pricing, look and see what I was paid. So um, it went from downtown downtown to our place and Uber is usually about forty forty five bucks. Mm-hmm. It was as high as about sixty five at one point. We waited ten minutes and it dropped back down to forty five. So <laughs> I paid seventy dollars to go from from uh, Commonwealth to Twilliger. No, we we had parked our cars at River. Because that's where we met the yeah. uh, people we were. So yeah, it was a seventy dollar cab ride from, from to the, the River Cree. So River that, that's a little expensive. That's a bit pricey. Yeah. And on this note too, you talk about uh, Airbnbs, all of these things, different ways people are getting getting around or where they're staying at. Uh, this was neat too. Uh, Airbnb uh, saying that. Um, hosts in Edmonton opened their homes to the most guests ever over the Grey Cup weekend. Uh, nearly 600 Airbnb hosts rented out their properties uh, from people across uh, the country. It was a 101% increase in guest mm. arrivals compared to the same weekend last year, but well, the Grey Cup wasn't here last year. Right. So, yeah, the average booking size, two guests, uh, three nights. Um, they say over the weekend about 2,000 guests used the Airbnb rentals, which translated to more than about $180,000. And wow. interesting, the average cost of a rental night went on Airbnb Edmonton today, and um, yeah, the prices aren't that bad. I mean, you're looking at $70, $80 for a place, which... Um, Trust me, anytime I've booked through Airbnb at other cities, it has not been that price. I never even thought of doing that, although I wouldn't have. But it's interesting. 10% of those who hosted people mm-hmm. over the Grey Cup weekend were seniors. Yeah. And 5% were people who had never shared their property yeah. before. So people trying it for the first trying time. Trying it for the first time. Make a bit of money and hmm. uh, off you go. So, yeah, interesting numbers. Speaking of making a bit of money, we should probably update uh, our listeners on what's going on with uh, Cup W. Um so there was a mediator uh, who had extended her um, deadline yeah. with uh, Cup W a couple of times and the uh, management, and who now says uh, she's come to the end of that. You know, the legislation was coming through um, uh, so to force the uh, Cup W employees back to work. Uh, what they're uh, asking for, better pay for rural and suburban employees, health and safety concerns, incorporation of gender equality language, and an end to forced overtime, one of the big issues, forced overtime. So Bill C-89 was sent to the Senate, 
after the Liberals uh, pushed it through the House of Commons in a special sitting. Uh, the bill would appoint a mediator arbitrator to help Canada Post and the Union representing its work, uh, workers come to an agreement. So if after a week, if this gets all done, if after a week both sides are still at an impasse, uh, the Cup W and Canada Post would enter binding arbitration. That's what I mentioned last mm-hmm. week when we were on location, where they would be forced into an agreement. So unions saying that they uh, feel as though their rights to strike have been taken away. But at some point, you have to do something, right? Yeah. At some point, you have to resolve it. And well, who Senate- it's costing the most money is small business. That's who it's costing a lot of money to. Senators are debating it uh, as we speak. Bill uh, C-89 debating the upper chamber on Saturday. They're still debating it today. Um, a vote this evening is planned. The legislation could be delayed, they're saying, by a number of factors like amendments. So we'll see what happens there. And this one, if you thought maybe you'd been busted recently with a photo radar ticket. Oh, I know. Hey, that's a funny uh, well, story. Well, the strike, um, the mail strike, has delayed delivery of more than 104,000 photo radar tickets <laughs> in Edmonton. Um, they are just sitting there waiting to be mailed right now. Uh, Alberta Justice Director directed the City of Edmonton Traffic Safety Office to stop issuing violation notices after September 20th. Um, the violations have been processed but are going to be held until full mail delivery has resumed. And I uh, didn't know this, but under provincial legislation, the city is able to process and send violation notices so they can send them out to you up to six months mm-hmm. after they nabbed you speeding. Yeah, and the deal is, because people will be curious if they're not already, so what happens if, because of the mail strike, uh, Canada Post, uh, sorry, uh, uh, the government uh, issue, takes advantage of that um, and doesn't mail out your ticket for several months, Does what does that do to a, mm-hmm. a court date or an appeal? So your your timer starts when you get it. So if they take six months to mail out the ticket, you still have how many ever months you would normally have starting the day you got the ticket. So some of us will be getting, I suppose, surprises in the mail once Cup W and Canada Post comes to an agreement because they've stopped mailing them out so as not to add to the backlog, which Canada Post suggests could take as long as into 2019 to clear up. So apparently these rotating strikes have had their desired effect. It's just an awful time to be on strike, right? Christmas time. When you got little small mm-hmm. businesses mm-hmm. really counting on mm-hmm. this. Uh, hey, and you know, before there's a. Okay, go ahead. No, just. Uh, this just came across uh, our computers. Okay. And uh, Edmonton Humane Society looking for your help. Chedville in uh, finding the owner of a dog, a, neg- a neglected dog that was brought into their care. So this dog was admitted into the shelter on November 3rd after a good Samaritan um, allegedly found the dog tied inside a garbage bag within a closed cardboard box and left in the northeast corner of the Costco parking lot at uh, 124th Avenue and 149th Street. It's a, a Shih Tzu type dog. It's male, black and white in color, about five years old. I guess it was just an awful condition. Um, the entire body of this dog covered in dense mats tight to the skin. Um, mm. The poor the poor dog couldn't even defecate anymore because of those mats, uh, caked in urine and feces, um, just in a lot of pain. His uh, He's been all shaved down now. Um, the dog is now being called Wyatt and is still being given lots of care at the HS. Um, 
he's in protective custody at the animal shelter while the investigation is ongoing. Um, they say that they, they, they contacted the Costco store, to find, Costco store to find more information on how the dog ended up in the parking lot, uh, but the information is limited. And that's why the officer is now turning to the public. So if you were at the store around 11.50 a.m. to 12.20 p.m. on November 3rd, um, that, that you're hoping that they're, they're, they're going to be able to piece together some information about who dumped this dog in this box so or that someone can recognize the dog and help identify uh, the owner so anyone with information you're to call the animal protection department at 4913517 that's 4913517 but the poor little guy uh there he is there you can't see him but he's a little just oh. black and white shih tzu uh dog they're saying that no word no timeline whatsoever on when this dog might be available 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 for adoption because of this investigation but um yeah again this dog was dumped in a garbage bag inside a closed cardboard box and left in the northeast corner of the costco parking lot at 124th ave 149th street on november Around, it, they believe November 3rd. Ugh. So anyone with any information on that front, please, um, you know, come forward. And to the slime ball who did that? Well, what? You're a jerk. Ugh. Words fail me. Who lets oh, I have lots of words, but I can't say I know, them right now. I know, I know. That, obviously, a story like that is important to get out there because we want to help the Humane Society and... We want to help this dog. We want to help the investigation, but my... If you don't want the dog, if you don't want the dog and you haven't been able to take care of the dog, whatever it is, take it to yeah, the Humane Society. Give it up. Ugh. Okay, it's 2.45. We'll take a break and regroup. All right, well, you know what we need right now? Uh, a fun, nice story. We've got a couple of stories here, by the way, that I want to get to this afternoon because I think the engagement could be uh, <laughs> quite big. Uh, from Toronto police uh, and shoplifters mm-hmm. to uh, to the other one, uh, the cafe. Uh, panhandlers, yeah. Panhandlers at Remedy Cafe. Juicy. But before we get into it, just to, you said let's uh, re- regroup here a little bit. Were you aware of uh, Cards Against Humanity and what they do every year? I am aware of Cards Against Humanity because we have played Cards Against right. Humanity. I have I was not aware until this year what they do on Black Friday. Right. And these guys are really good. Uh, uh, they're one of those, uh, probably the most popular adult card game out there. It's outrageous. So they like to do outrageous things. And every year for Black Friday, they do something. And sometimes it hits and sometimes it doesn't. But this year it hits. So... Uh, they have what's called, uh, I would refer to as ingenious, a 99% off sale. So <laughs> the idea here is just to get the name Cards Against Humanity out there again and people talking about it. And so they do this 99% off sale on Black Friday with limited items, right? <laughs> and limited quantities, but people actually line up online to hit the button yep. and try and buy these items. And, and they really are 
99% off. So among the things they sold, an original Picasso for $60 instead of $6,000, a 50-pound wheel of cheese for $329 <laughs> instead of $329, uh, a geriatric medical doll of an old naked grandmother for $17.69 instead of its list price of $1,769, a double-decker cat stroller for $290 instead of $290, 600 live ants for $0.66 cents instead of $66. Can you just pause a second? Sure. Who's paying... $300 for a double-decker cat stroller. Well, who's buying ants, right? But it's just <laughs> like a, they sold a $100 bill for a dollar. Do you remember Dan Aykroyd's latex cone head, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they sold that for $19.95 instead of $19.95. Mm. And a five-day trip to Fiji for $71 instead of wow. $7,100. If you want to see everything they sold, it's all gone now. You can go to 99, the number 99, and then the word percent off sale. So all uh, writing. So 99 is the only number. 99%offsale.com. But it's it's honestly brilliant because, yes, getting a trip for $71 to Fiji instead of $7,160 is awesome. incredible, right? But if you add up the total cost, there was one of each of these items. If you add up the total cost, it's far less than what cost you to actually advertise your game. If you drop, I mean, look, our festival drops $150,000 in advertising mm -hmm. for a weekend mm -hmm. festival. We could have done all of this for for that easily. Yeah, yeah. It's so it's not like it's not really costly to them, but media outlets around the world I'm are talking about are talking it. about it. And everyone's like, "What? Cards against <laughs> humanity? We're still doing that." <laughs> I know. It. It is fun. I, I have, you know, the funnest part of Cards Against Humanity, frankly, is playing with somebody who's never played before. I was going to say playing with my father. For example, <laughs> <laughs> just shocking. What did he uh, call it? He, he would call it uh, the Habitat Cards, the yeah. Habitat for Humanity cards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, no, I think you have a total wrong impression and of what's about to happen here. Then let the dog escape the house at two in the morning, <laughs> Dad. <sighs> <laughs> there you go. So that uh, that sort of baby laugh. Okay. All right. Do you want to, should we set one of these up and uh, get talking about it in the next sure. half hour, perhaps? Sure. Okay, so maybe this is the easiest one to explain. So there's a program that the Toronto Police are trying on a pilot project, and it's been tried before. Peel Regional Police, another police force out in Ontario, has tried it before. Uh, and they say quite successfully. So before I tell you what the project is, I'll tell you what the, the methodology behind it is. The idea behind the project is the police are oftentimes tied up with small incidents, mm -hmm. with uh, low-priority calls, and when when they are, that takes them away from a more major crime or a more important situation. And, and then it, it probably translates also into court time. Court time, sort of paperwork stuff. time, yeah, all that stuff, yep. right? So one of the minor crimes is shoplifting um, by individuals who steal very little. So just a few hundred dollars, you know, any amount, obviously, um, is bad. It's a crime, right? But... For the amount of time that it ties up resources, both of the store, so the whoever's in charge of security has mm -hmm. to hold on to this person mm -hmm. and wait for Toronto police to, sh to respond and fill out a report, and that often takes hours. And so that guy's off the floor, that guy or girl is off the floor not securing the uh, 
the rest of the merchandise in the store. And then you've got the Toronto police officers who've got to come fill out a report. Then what happens is they're released on the scene. So they don't get taken down to a, you know, a jail and held and bailed out. The, a report is written, ID is shown, they sign off on it, um, a, a, a court appearance is scheduled, and they leave. It's like getting a parking ticket mm-hmm. or, or a speeding ticket, right? So what Toronto's doing now is first-time shoplifters won't be charged, period. Nothing. Nothing. So you get get out of jail Free, free card. card, literally. So what will happen is you have to meet certain criteria, though. Um, they must be over the age of 18. Um, it must be obviously nonviolent. Uh, the items that they're accused of stealing have to be worth l- less than $1,000, and they have to have proper identification on them. So you got that? It's adults who have identification over the years, over 18 years, who tried to steal less than $1,000. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll just be released. Now, So what happens is the store fills out a report, looks at the identification, then they phone a number at the police station, and they say, okay, we'd like to try this. The program's called Shop Theft, so we want to uh, put this guy in the Shop Theft program. So over the phone, the police will give them a number and just say, okay, he's now, he or she is now registered. So the next time they get caught... If it happens again, that's when... That's when he'll be held or she'll be held and somebody will come down and lay a charge. So my initial... I mean, I'm curious to think, what do you think of this? And particularly if you're a police officer, we would love to hear from you at 630-630 or 496-0063. But in general, what do you think the idea of putting it out there in a city the size of Toronto that you get away with it the first time for free? Because my thing is... When somebody gets caught for shoplifting, it's not necessarily their first time shoplifting. It's their first time it's getting their first caught. time getting caught. Yeah. Yeah. So it feels like they're almost encouraging shoplifting because if you've not been caught before, you have nothing to fear until you get caught for the first time. Mm-hmm. But maybe I'm wrong. I'd be Yeah, what do you think, Chadville? It's six thirty, six thirty, and I'd also be interested to know about how you have have you ever dealt with it? Have you ever had to handle it? You know, maybe your maybe your kid snitched a pack of gum. Mm-hmm. How'd you deal with that one? God, that's a tough one as a parent. When mm-hmm. you catch your mm-hmm. child that you know they've stolen yeah. something, especially a young child with something small. You know, what do you do? Like, what is the correct thing to do? And what did you do? Let us know. Uh, Let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Let us know. We still have uh, about a minute here. Uh, That's why if you get caught shoplifting, you chop off a hand. Okay. Sounds going to be tough. Mm. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I know that I've had that situation over the years with my kids where I've caught... I, I left my, two I, of my four kids shoplifting I, or stealing. I I think I inadvertently did it once. I had um, a bag of dog food under the uh, uh, the the lower rack on the grocery cart. Oh yeah. And off we go. I forgot about it. She forgot about it. Then I got to the car and I'm like, mm, did that go through or not? <laughs> you know, funny. I was leaving Walmart. And then I was ner- uh, that w- Then I just got really nervous. I didn't know what to do. I was. I got. They've got these Eskimo jer- mm-hmm. or hoodies, and I grabbed one. Can't have enough Eskimo hoodies, so I grabbed one. And then we were shopping, Carol and I, and she kept pointing out, "You're dragging that on the floor," mm-hmm. and I was like, "Okay." And she goes, "Put it over your arm." So I put it over my arm, right? Like you know, you fold a suit over your arm, and then we finished shopping and we went and we paid. 
And as I'm about to leave, I realized I never took it off my arm. It's a $34 yep. hoodie. Yep. And I was like, oh, did you charge me for this? And he was like, no. And then Carol said to me, had you not noticed and gotten to the car with that over your arm, what, what would you, you have done? done? Interesting question. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.